Not a hair on your head will be lost. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he finally made it to Jerusalem. He made it to the, and he's in the peace de resistance. He's in the temple. You know, when, when we build temples, we always build them strong and, and fortified. All of the institutions in Washington, D.C. are built like temples with, with massive granite and, and marble. And, 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 and so the, the sign and the symbol of invulnerability is before them. And they are amazed. They're looking at the votive offerings. And he's saying, not so fast. Not so fast. He says, you see all these things that are before you? The days are coming when there will not be one stone left upon the other. Um, when? He won't tell them when. However, this is Luke's gospel. And we know that the temple was destroyed in the year 70 A.D. And the gospel probably wasn't written until about 80. So, so even though it is a prediction, what was going to happen has already happened. But, but he goes on, Luke goes on with, with this prediction of what, what's going to, to happen because it took 50 years to build it. It's going to now be destroyed in the blink of an eye. And the question is, now what? Now what do we do? He's not giving a prediction as to what's this gonna, when it's going to happen, but he is giving a prediction of what you can expect. And in the time of chaos... Because the world does seem to go from chaos to order to disorder to reorder. When you are in the time of chaos, here's what you can expect. First of all, charlatans. Anybody who comes and says, who you seek is me. I am he who you wait for. Don't believe them. Uh, the only one who can save you is me. Don't follow them. This is going to happen. That always comes up in the time of chaos. And then you're going to find uh, natural and social catastrophes. You're going to find people who, who in earthquakes, and it, I mean, it really sounds like the day, although I, today, but I, my hunch is, my hunch is it sounded like every generation through the last 2,000 years came up against that kind of chaos from, oh, from Attila the Hun to the, Renaissance to, to all the other different times when millennials stopped and started over again. And, and then he says, and you're going to be persecuted by not just your enemies, but sometimes by your brothers and sisters. Well, this obviously creates great anxiety. You know, we are told that we are now living in the age of anxiety. And of course, we are living in the age of anxiety because of so much uncertainty. Well, there's absolute uncertainty. Today he wants to quell their anxieties and he gives them a one-sentence answer as to how all of the anxieties that we live with, the little existential things that drive us right up the wall and make us very much afraid, can be quelled. He says it this way, by your perseverance, you will secure your lives. Well, that's That's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. What's he saying? Stay the course. Stay on the path. The path's going to take you all over the place. You know, we get on a labyrinth, and I understand there's a labyrinth on our grounds here, and you, you start walking that labyrinth, and, and sometimes you think you're right back where you started 
But if you stay on the path, sooner or later you come to the point of liberation and freedom and you are somehow transformed. What's he saying? Well, I think a, a hermeneutical key to understand what Jesus is trying to say by stay on the path, stay faithful to what you have received in the core of your being, in the deepest part of who you are. I think what he's saying is, is basically uh, what Malachi is saying. He's giving our, our hermeneutic. He, he kind of explains it today. Now, the first reading talked about the day of the Lord. Now, in the Old Testament, whenever there was the day of the Lord, it was not a fun and games day. The Lord is going to come back and he's going to judge. But Malachi is giving it a twist. He's making it very, very paradoxical. Because the day of the Lord, this sun is going to come down and it's going to turn into rubble all those who are evildoers and they will be destroyed. And that's a very common, very common a theme in the Old Testament about the day of the Lord. But now Malachi is going to say something else. However, if you're faithful, if you stay the course, well, you're going to be okay. Because that sun that destroyed the evildoers, that very same sun is going to come down upon you and heal you and put your life together again. That very same son is going to provide for the faithful to come to a sense of who their very truest self is on the very deepest level. Who am I and who is God on the very deepest level? Now, as the faithful are, are looking at the rubble, you can see that they are really being shaken up. And we can understand when we do come into a chaotic situation, why would we, we would be shaken up. If, if this temple was the dwelling place of God, and now this temple has been reduced to rubble, where is now God? Now that was the question after the Holocaust. And so many faithful Jews didn't just become agnostics, they became atheists. How could a God, a good God, allow this to happen? And not only was their, their faith tested, but in some ways, from their perspective, their faith was destroyed. This is the place where God dwells, and it is no longer. And so the question is, now what? Now what do we do? Well, when all is lost, where do we go from here? And all seems lost. Where's God? You know, it's, it's, we, we, we've gotten very much caught up in this idea of God having to be in a place. And yet long before the temple was built, and this was the second temple that was built, and this was not Solomon's temple, this is the one that was built after the Babylonian exile. And it took 50 years to build and it was destroyed and next to nothing. But where was God before? There was a temple. He was in a tent. And he traveled around in a tent. And, and where was God before there was a tent? You know, in the voice of Moses and in the voice of the prophets. And where was God before there was Moses and prophets? Where was God long before there was the Homo sapiens, before we came along? God is not confined to a temple. But God's pattern does seem to be the pattern. 
It is the pattern that, well, that Luke's audience finally began to, to get. As, as the, the Lucan audience, these are Jewish Christians listening to the words of St. Luke. They, they, there's no way they cannot make some kind of a, a comparison between the pattern of the destruction of the presence of God in the temple and the pattern of the destruction of the presence of God in the Christ, in Jesus the man. Jesus is coming to Jerusalem only for one reason, death and destruction. That's the ultimate paradox. He's coming to Jerusalem not as a conquering hero, even though he comes in on the foal of an ass. Even though he comes in triumphantly, we know how that turns and we know how it ends. It ends in crucifixion. No, we don't know how it ends. It ends in resurrection. It ends in life. And the chaos of disorder is now turned into order. What's the message? The message is this. Go deep. Go deep and stay rooted in the things that really count. Our invincible monuments can be reduced to rubble. We saw that on September 11th, 2001, when the indestructible was destroyed to nothing. Our invincible, well, we who build these boundaries in our countries think that, that, that nothing can harm us because we build such strong defenses and walls. Tell that to COVID. It went beyond all, all man-made, human-made lines of demarcation between your side and my side. We, we still don't get it. We still don't understand. Tell that to the people of the Ukraine who, who wonder if indeed they're going to be bombed with a tactical nuclear weapon. What's this all say? We live in chaos. We live in chaotic times. However, it's never, ever the last word. Jesus is saying, when the Son of Man comes back, lift up your head. Lift up your head. Destroy this temple, he says in John, and I will raise it up in three days. Well, this temple's been here for 45 years. How can you raise it up in three days? Last Wednesday, I had a mass with the, the little children of St. Michael's School, and, and I do that once a month, and, and it was the Feast of St. John Lateran. And we're in St. Michael's. If you've ever been there, it's a, quite a beautiful church. And the reason it's a beautiful church, because it's a brand new church. It was just built about 15 years ago. It was a massive fire. And the church in which I said my first mass was reduced to rubble. And the press came out to Father Don McLaughlin at that time, who was the pastor. And they asked him, Father, now what are you going to do since your church has been destroyed? And he took umbrage at it. He says, my church has not been destroyed. My church is just fine. The building just collapsed. 
The building was destroyed. The church, the temple, the people of God are not only going to get through this, but they're going to thrive and we'll build something even bigger and better. And obviously they did. That's the key in the core. What are the things that count? And what are the things that are passing away? Malachi pointed out to this reality that we can either be terrified of the presence or hopeful. We're here today. We say that we are the the hopeful ones. If the temple is torn down, it is okay to meet in the tent. If the tent is torn down, it's okay to meet in the field. It's okay to meet anywhere we come together because we are the presence. We are. Jesus tells the disciples, don't try to have a strategic plan when the world falls apart. The best laid plans of mice and men often fall apart. Don't worry about that. No, as a matter of fact, all you have to do is is listen. And, And I will speak through you. I will give you words that your adversaries cannot come up against. That's pretty powerful stuff. The question is, do we dare to believe in it? Because while he doesn't give us strategy, he gives us incredible hope. And what is our hope rested in? Our hope is rested in the realization that there will always be a resurrection. There will always be new life. Pope Francis calls it the Sabbath of eternity, the new Jerusalem, where we find ourselves face to face with the infinite beauty of God and be able to read with admiration and happiness the mystery of the universe. Now that's our role. Staying the course, going deep into the reality. Uh, sacraments, we even sing about it. Sacraments will cease. They are outward signs of an inward reality. We have to go between that which points to the reality and the real reality. Uh, that which is superficial and passing away. And that which is never going to pass away. And that's ours. That is the very core of our being. That is the divine DNA that dwells in each and every one of us. Trusting in that, we will live like people who know that no catastrophe, no chaos, is beyond the reach of the healing sun of justice.